Good psychological day, everyone. You're listening to the Encyclopedia Podcast. My name is Cassandra, and today I'll be joined by four other fellow podcasters. Hello, my name is Ben. Hey, my name is Gordon. Hi there, my name is Jesslyn, and I'm Sarah. That makes the five of us, and together we'll be your hosts for our many, many podcasts to come this year. We'll be discussing about various psychological topics and phenomena to make psychology fun and relatable for everyone. So today is none other than Valentine's Day, and if you haven't already guessed, we're going to be talking about love. So relationships, be it romantic or platonic ones, are better maintained and developed depending on how well we know and understand each other. Now, if you've heard of the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, you'll know that everyone gives and receives love differently. What are love languages? Basically, love languages are how we feel loved and appreciated. There are five different love languages: words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. I won't go into detail, but they're pretty self-explanatory. But I will say this. Everyone has their different ways of showing love, and knowing someone's love language can really, really help you help them feel properly appreciated. For example, my three love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, and quality time. And if someone gave me a genuine compliment or spent an afternoon with me and me only, I'll be pretty chuffed. Ooh, has anyone complimented you like that before <laughs> in real life? Oh yeah, definitely. Hmm, <laughs> very convincing. Don't worry, Sarah. We all love you. I'm not sure. The, I'm not sure about the rest of us, though. But I dare say that we're all guilty of liking someone before. Come on, be honest. We've all had butterflies with someone before. So <laughs> let's think about this real quick, right? Let's think about this real quick. How did you use your love language to woo your crush? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, this brings me back to my dating phase of my relationship when I wooed my man with lots of lots of quality time together, and honestly, I think we enjoyed that a lot because at the same time we got to knew, we got to know each other more deeply, and we also were very very comfortable with each other that we became best friends, and we can talk about anything and everything despite our differences. Along with quality time, I think words of affirmation was another love language for us. As we were very empathetic with one another, and we appreciate all the little things around us. All in all, it was authentic and natural, and I think that's what moved us both with one another. Actually, Aww, that's, that's, cool. really that's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it wasn't as fruitful, unfortunately, as Jazz, but I still learned a lot from it. My love languages are acts of service and quality time, and the way I expressed it with this. Person, which I shall not name, obviously,、uh, for a period of several years, <laughs> I took the initiative to do things like drive her to places, spend time with the family and、Aww. her as well, and I got pretty closely knitted with the family, and we spent a lot of time together、uh, organizing things for their church, and I ended up being a regular member at their church, so I ended up serving two churches, and things got really、uh, busy, and I was spending a lot of time with her. Went on for a long time, we became best friends, and we still are close friends. But you know, cue Coldplay's "Fix You" when you try your best <laughs> but you don't succeed.、Um, although it wasn't fruitful romantically, I still learned a lot from that experience, and I continued and I'm still continuing to grow as a person. And I wouldn't be the man I am today if it weren't for that experience. And on the plus side, 
I gained a trustworthy friend that I can confide in. Cool story, man. Best of yeah. luck in in trying in trying again next time. You know. What about you, Gordon? You seem to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, 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 well, um, well, uh, I had slightly better luck than Ben's. Not to flex, though. Good, best of luck, man. <laughs> yes. Ouch. Not to flex. For um, for me, I guess. Um, for me, one year ago today, today uh, I was spending Aww. time with uh, a bunch of my friends. And among those friends was uh, my soon-to-be girlfriend. So my girlfriend likes doing events, and we actually grew close because uh, after that dinner, she invited me to help out in one of her her events uh, at her university as a volunteer. So working on that project took quite a bit of time, and we gradually spent more time together, just uh, planning certain nits and grits for the event. It was a really fun experience, not gonna lie. And uh, from that event, from serving a cause and spending time on it, I picked up a certificate and somehow uh, picked up a partner as well. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you know, like, love languages do miracles in the weirdest of places, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my story. But there's one thing I need to know about her, though. Um, And what is that? Yeah, what do you mean? You see, there's there's a tiny problem here. We're kind of similar. Scratch that. Too similar. It creeps us out. And it's not just us even. Like, it's a problem that many, many different people face. So, let's throw that question out. Like, would you prefer... Would you prefer having a partner that's completely opposite from you? Or a partner that's similar to you? Like, so like, you want someone like you or someone not like you? Bruh. Okay. Um, right, so... For my case, I think I... Stay true to the similarity attraction effect. You know, I would definitely prefer having a partner with more similarities. Um, I think having a partner with complete opposites of myself could probably drive me crazy, to be honest. Um, I personally love spending quality time. So uh, it's quite important for me to have overlapping hobbies or like just topics of interest with my partner. And um, just for me, I especially love deep conversations, stuff like, you know, just even discussing really abstract things like what is the meaning of life, you know, under the stars. <laughs> and I just love being able to relate to someone because it makes me feel closer to them. And of course, I think it is nice to have contrasting opinions, uh, like pop in once in a while. But I think if I were to have a partner who begs to differ all the time, it's probably going to be more mm. of a turn off for me than anything else. Mm. Yeah. Same, like, honestly, I think having a partner in, like, complete opposites would definitely be interesting. Like, imagine all the fun arguments you could have. But if there's too many opposites, and if I had a partner who disagreed with me on matters that are, like, super important to me, mm-hmm. I do not think that we'll get along very well. So, yeah. And in the end, being in sync with someone is ultimately what matters to me. And, like, I think a balance between, like, our personalities is really important. And I don't like fighting people, but I don't want people to agree with me all the time either. Like, I want a partner, not a clone. Yeah, that's mm. exactly what I'm, I'm, I want to say as well. Like, I agree with you on that, Sarah. I hate arguing too. In fact, my man and I are complete opposites. We have certain disagreements with different things, but at the end of the day, we still do manage to make things work out because we tend to express our opinions and thoughts before we make a decision because at the end of the day we are different people and you know we might have different values and he would too so it's all about understanding and support of our partners like like what Cassie and Sarah said 
there's got to be a difference because we don't need a clone nor would we want a person who de- begs to differ all the time. I would rather have a partner in crime instead, a partner that we can confide in, you know? Yeah, there's, you can, we can, now we can see that there are couples who you know, are similar, couples who are different, but the way I see it, and, and I believe all of us share the same view as well, based on what I've experienced between me and this unnamed person, that is, uh, we share many interests, we share many hobbies, but there are traits that I have built up, and I'm sure that she has built up too, and these traits that I've built up was there are traits that I build up while in pursuit of her as a way to like, you know, be there for her, blah, 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 all those lovey-dovey <laughs> stuff. And I wouldn't say that it's a question of similar or dissimilar, but rather whether or not we are compatible or not. Being too common or too different wouldn't be good in a relationship if there is no compromise. Okay. So what we've learned is that it's ultimately not really a matter of whether people prefer similar opposite partners, but more whether people can work the differences out and still get along the end. And I guess that's pretty much true to life. I've seen couples who are like twins. I've seen couples who look like enemies for all that they argue. By the end of the day, the couples that last longest are the ones who take down the time to sit down and show each other that they care. But like, Showing love isn't just limited to your significant other. Like love languages, words of affection, acts of service, all of those can be done platonically. So, don't mind if I do, but how do y'all show love to your friends? Hmm, I have a story for that. Well, for me, I used to have a really close uh, platonic friend who has since migrated to the UK, bless her. And I guess something that we did was just, well, talking, like, a lot. You see, back then we used to talk about everything under the sun, stupid, non-stupid, gossip, movies, more gossip, some hot guy she saw in school, some hot girl I saw in school, teacher we hate, etc, etc, you know? Everything under the sun. Now that we're all university students, you know, we understand. We're all super duper, super extremely busy. Time is a scarcity sometimes. So taking the time to just talk and bond with people is honestly one of the most precious things that we can get these days facing a lack of physical interaction. We're all confined to our rooms, people. There's nothing much that we can do anymore. Explore the wonders of our conversation. Come on, talk more, please. (laughs) (laughs) Word. Yeah, it seems we all have interesting stories of our own. And now that we've covered romantic love and platonic love, we we can say that this is encapsulated by the widely widely known types of love that are derived from the Greek terms. Uh, I won't go too much into it. There's quite number but i will go into the four most known ones um namely eros the lustful love philia or filio the the love between friends storge familial love and agape which is unconditional love the selfless love these are types of love that are present in a relationship between friends your family i think self-explanatory after i've said what i said and this encapsulates romantic platonic familial love in a relationship and like all relationships there is no relationship that's perfect and with each relationship, there eventually come certain things that irk you, that annoy you, and which brings <laughs> up the question, what are your pet peeves in a relationship? I, I, think, I'll, I, I think I can start first. I, I used to really hate when people chew with their mouths open. And that was a big pet peeve for me. I couldn't stand it. I just had to say something about it. But when I was a wee little teen and I had this massive crush on the unnamed person, and 
It just so happens that this person chews with their mouth open. Bruh. <laughs> you would think that it's a deal breaker, but <laughs> I wanted so much. I wanted so much to like this person that I ended up rewiring my brain. And even now, <laughs> it's still something that does not annoy me at all ever since then. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, I was a kid and I was still developing my own brain. I wasn't my own person yet. So maybe that could have contributed a little bit to that. I don't know. What about the others? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I think I can definitely answer this one, huh? Pet peeves been in a relationship. So uh, I really love taking care of my nails. You know, I cut them, take my sweet time filing them. So um I just I just really like, you know, making sure my nails are symmetrical. And truth be told, I sit my partner down and sometimes I cut and file his nails for him. So having said that, one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves would definitely be when my partner bites his nails. That's really something that irks me a lot. Oof. Ooh, girl, you're gonna be a fine wife one day. You take care of your nails <laughs> like you take care of your own kids. <laughs> you see, uh, well, um, for me, I guess my pet peeve would probably be being too childish. Okay, like I get it. Mm-hmm. Like you're cute. If you're cute once in a while, that's perfectly fine. Even my male friends act cute sometimes because you know best friends, right? If you don't, if you're not a little weird with your best friends, you're not best friends. But like, <laughs> if you go overboard with it. Like, you're a child 24-7. Yeah, in my mind, I'm going to look at you and think, uh, you're five-year-old, you're five, you're five years old or something, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pet peeves can pre- be pretty annoying sometimes. Well, 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 these are basically the nitpicks that one goes through in a relationship. So, like, what about those who aren't in a relationship? What would you rather spend the day doing, despite not having a romantic partner? Oof. Well, (laughs) um, every Valentine's Day of my life has been without a romantic partner. So for me, you know, I would just spend it like any other day. But but with all that has been said and discussed in this podcast so far, perhaps regardless of whether or not we have a romantic partner or whether we're involved in any romantic relationship, let's, let's make it a point to spread love through our love languages to our relationships outside of our significant others, to our family, to our friends. Mm-hmm. Cook a dish for your parents, maybe. Spend time with your siblings. Give a message of affirmation <laughs> to a friend to show that you care and appreciate your friendship. Good point, my dude. And while you're showering love on everything and everyone around you, do also remember to love one more important person. Yourself. Mm. We always spend so much time caring about everything and everyone around us. We tend to, but then we tend to forget to take care of ourselves. Valentine's doesn't always need to be about loving someone else. It can be a day for self-love too. Go read a book, drink your favorite cup of tea, laugh to your favorite show, draw, play with your pet. Do something that you love for once. Because no one deserves more of your love than you. Here, here. Absolutely. Here, here. Wow, this podcast has been nothing but light and wholesome. As we end our first podcast, we hope that you don't leave this podcast empty-handed and have some drive to spread more love to those around you and giving yourself love as well. If you'd like to hear more from us, be sure to tune in a fortnight from now where we will be delving deeper into the realm of love. In our next episode, until then, Stay safe, and from us here at Encyclopedia, Happy Valentine's Day! Day. Woo!